1: Now get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
2: Hello, good people of land. I'm Mike Max. Who should the Minnesota Vikings hire as their next head coach? 651-461-9226. I will take it to the committee if you give it to me tonight. You tell me... I know people that are on that committee, and, and I'll say this is who you should hire. Maybe they haven't even talked to the person that you want to see him hire yet. Maybe we can get some kind of grassroots thing going here, you know. Billboard, put it up, you know, hire, I don't know, Vince Lombardi's grandson. I don't know, something. 651 who should the Vikings hire as their next head coach? And if you can't come up with a name, maybe you can come up with a profile of what this person should look like, act like, be like, 651-461-9226. See, here's what is going to happen. They're going to take somebody that doesn't remind them of Mike Zimmer, probably, even though Zimmer had many, many qualities that he brought to the coaching table. Um. The, the, the feeling is that that went askew, especially at the end. And so now you must um, you must atone for that. And, and the big word that they'll use with both positions is collaborative. You need to be collaborative. And I'm not quite sure what that means, but I think it has to do with we want everybody um, to feel good about you and the organization and blah, 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 blah. Now, the only thing that really matters is can they win games? That's it. Can they win games? It doesn't matter if it's Mike Zimmer or Leslie Frazier. Can you win games? That's all the fans want here. And sometimes I think that organizations overthink. Uh, I think they try to... Um, over-evaluate what they need, because I think in reality, uh, what most people really want is to leave reality for a while on Sunday afternoons and watch a football game, and then go back to work the next day. But but to you know you've involved yourself in something pretty good. I, I don't think above. I don't think it gets much more complicated than that. I don't I don't think people as much as we see the rabid fans on Sunday and we we see the Viking Nation this and skull Chant and all that stuff and I get that um but I think most people are just kind of letting their inner child reign out on those days and, and what they really want is just to enjoy Sunday afternoon and involve themselves with their favorite team and hope that that favorite team can win or is at minimum competitive I don't think it's about if they if they lose it ruins my week I used to think that because if you go out there and you see people with their faces painted purple, you think, "Well, this must ruin their week if the Vikings lose." I don't really. I think people are more sophisticated than that. I think this is their release and their escape, but they enjoy the nature of the NFL because it's such a wonderful game. The, the choreography behind it is so wonderful, and it just lends itself in such a perfect way to a fan experience. I mean, think about it you know, 30 seconds and, and you're watching the play clock go down. So you're watching the play clock and you're guessing in your mind what the next play is going to be. Cause you don't know, but you know what you want to see them run or you have an idea, or at least you kind of wonder. And, and and then the play clock gets inside of five seconds. And you think they're not going to get it off, but Oh, they do. Cause they've been practicing it all week with like one second left. And and then they, they, they run the play and, and you're pretty sure if it worked, you say that's exactly what I, if it didn't work, you say they should have passed. They should have passed. And then you get to review it again because there's just enough time to show you the replay. And then every once in a while, there's a call. And, and, and you look at the replay and you go, you got to throw the flag. You got to throw the flag, Me- meaning the challenge flag. Because you see this and you feel like you're the boss and you're the coach. And so you yell for them to throw the flag. They'll overturn this thing. And then, and then you see the replay again. At some point in time, somebody in the room or in the vicinity with you at the game uh, will say, "I don't think there's enough evidence there to overturn the original call." And they'll say it like, "This is something new, some new idea, something that they this boy can you believe that?" Um, I don't think there's enough evidence there to overturn because we've already figured this out, right? That that if If the the play goes one way and you look at it, you say, well, I don't think that they're going to have to stand with that call because you can't quite tell if there's enough evidence to overturn it. And so we believe that we're fairly smart when we say that and we don't realize that it's being, you know, every game, it's being said everywhere. And then you get into, and this is really cool, you get into time management in the last two minutes of a game. And the game is on the line. And we've all watched enough football now, right? We we know how this works. We anticipate when they're going to spike the ball. We know when they're going to roll, you know, if, if the guy needs to get out of bounds and did he get out of bounds, all those things. We know something about that. And so we sit there and we can guess and second guess right with them and we can get involved. Spike the ball, spike the ball, Get spike the ball. And, and then... We we make this decision on the run as to what they should do next. You know how many time, and then you look at how many time else they have left. Is a two minute warning already run? And, and and you're going back and forth, and you're telling me this is what they got to do. Blah blah blah. I'd use this, and then if it doesn't work, you say it was stupid. And if it works, you say that's exactly what I thought they should do. You know, use that guy that you haven't thrown a pass through the whole game if it works, and we're wonderful about that about predicting the future. Uh, as long as the future is in the past. You know, once we see what happened, then we say they should have done this. But think about that. This game lends itself to just this unbelievable, beautiful, in sync, you can guess right with it, you can do whatever you want. And then you can second guess the coach and the quarterback. And you can do that throughout the week. And it it will take you away from wherever it is that you live for a short period of time. you, You get to live... In the Vikings' world, or the Packers' world, or whatever it is, and it really is fun. It's fun to watch an NFL game. It's fun to think about all, and and then you go, okay, there's, uh, you know, it's fourth down. You're going to go for it or not? I think they should go for it. And then, uh, you know, take a field goal. You know, punt. All these decisions you don't think about, but you're making. There's no other sport where you really do that. I mean, you know, you can, in baseball, you can say should they bunt or should they pitch to them. There's some of that stuff. Uh, in basketball, you can talk a little bit about, boy, they better guard that guy, all that stuff. But in football, every play are these series of decisions that are in motion. And if you're a fan, you get to look at it and think about it and go, this is what I would do. Or why did they do that? But you're coaching right along the game, right? You're, you're thinking the game with it. It's the only place that just sucks you in. And, and, and your brain is all in in this thing. And, and, and your adrenaline runs. and It doesn't matter who you're rooting for. If you've got a team that's in the fight, you just, boom every play is excruciating you know it's third down you can't quite tell if they made it to the stakes or not so now you gotta look to see if in the replay they get the first down or not or where and then oh they that's a bad spot they didn't spot that right that should be a first down or shouldn't be a first down but think about that what what other game has been invented that just takes us on this roller coaster ride it involves us so much emotionally in the game and then you throw in a few hard hits and you know uh, you kind of get to live vicariously through one of the superstars and at some point you know every, everybody that watches uh, thinks that they're old school you know well I'm old school you know, I think they had to knock, knock that guy in his ass because I'm old school and you may or may not have been you may never, maybe never played the game in your life but everybody's old school you know give me Dick Butkus out there he, he'll run that thing And and you know it ain't like it used to be these high paid athletes blah 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 and then 20 years you'll say 20 years ago I mean those guys played for the love of the game <clears throat> but that's what makes it awesome that's why football is awesome the Vikings keep searching for head coach but what should that head coach be symbolic of 651 461 two, two, six. Six, four, six, two, two, six. text us or call us and tell us who it should be or at least what they should look like feel like what are the touch points that they have to hit Bulls a good candidate from Tampa Bay. He's done a good job with their defense. Um, But the longer I'm in this business, the more that I realize, you know, if you're starting out in the coaching fraternity and you're trying to make it, um, that is, if you can find a place, whoever you are, that has a really good quarterback coming into their prime, that's it, man. That's your ticket. Because all these places, and they interviewed uh, Elliot Wolf today, who's a, a, a consultant, or yesterday, a consultant with the New England Patriots, and uh, he was with Cleveland. I, I don't even know that he, you know, he's not a full time employee in New England, but he's benefiting from what they did in New England prior with Brady and now Belichick. Todd Bowles, the guy down there, young guy in Kansas City, he's done a lot of data and stuff. I don't, I don't know that he's actually made a lot of decisions, but he's got Patrick Mahomes. Todd Bowles is sitting there, defensive coordinator in Tampa Bay. You know, how much fun would it be to be defensive coordinator if Tom Brady was your quarterback? They interviewed Hackett, the offensive coordinator at Green Bay. He might be really good. I don't know, but like somebody said, they said, "Hey, remind him he doesn't get to bring Rodgers with him." See what I'm saying? So just get by a good quarterback. And then we can minimize coaching. We can minimize just about everything. Just get with a good quarterback. And the rest seems to take care of itself. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Sports to the max at WCCO His name is Meat Loaf. Mr. Loaf to many of us. I think he performed a Twins game once back at the old Metrodome. He had a good I I really kept up with him. I don't know if he's been performing a lot over the last several years or not. Louis Anderson passed away as well today. Iconic comedian favor uh figure uh in Minnesota and um has done a lot accomplished a lot in the movie industry and beyond, brought young comedians along as well. And uh Too young to leave this mortal coil, as they say. Now, I'm going to be real honest with you. Um, I I appreciate what he did and others, etc. I just have never been a huge fan of stand-up comedy. And I don't know. I, I think it's really hard to do stand-up comedy well but I can't think of anybody that I would go to like watch in a theater on a stage perform stand-up comedy um, you know like Johnny Carson was awesome right he, he did his monologue and I guess technically that's stand-up comedy but it was different because you were talking about topics of the day, and you had this connection with the audience, this expectation that they knew who you were, you knew who they were, and, and Johnny was able to feed off uh, bad jokes. So, so if he said something and didn't get a laugh, um, that was part of the game, the M.O. He, not only did he expect that, he actually wanted that some. You know, he wanted some of his jokes to fall short, so that, that he could make fun of himself or make fun of the audience. It was kind of built in. And and um, I like that, but the guy that does the shtick, you know, the one that he works on, the one that that, that he crafts, and then and then he brings it to stage on open mic night or whatever it is. I I, I don't know. It just it, it's never appealed to me. It's it's never struck me as, as funny really as much as it is. It's just um, something that you put together, and and you know you worked on you, but but that's not. I like the spontaneity. I like that when when they're playing off of what they see at that moment, and I like people that are naturally funny, not scripted funny, if that makes sense. I, I like people that you you're around them and you go, boy, they're funny. The way they see the world is funny. everything they do is it's just it's just funny. Um, but people that. Write a script out and say I'm going to use this, you know, and I'm going to throw in the political joke here and the this here, the you know, blah 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 blah, and you know, we love Ludwicks in Minnesota. That's what we're doing, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, I I, maybe I don't know, I don't I don't think don't get it, and I don't think it's a generational thing because I've just never liked it when I go to a comedy club when I was a kid, when I was young and, you know, out of college, etc., you go to a comedy club because you were somewhere and that's what you're supposed to do. And I'd watch for about five minutes and it wasn't that I thought I could do any better. It was just that I'd watch it and I go, this isn't very funny, you know? And, and I don't really want to get involved in this because it's not all that funny. And I, I don't know if you people feel the same or not, but um, uh, I, I, I've never been able... Um, to embrace that stand-up shtick kind of a thing, Tubbsy. You've done some stand-up comedy, so I don't. I don't mean to to, to take. I, I haven't seen the the video of it. I, I'm not trying to say that you don't do it well. Um. Oh, I'm a hoot. I'm a hoot. You're pretty good stuff, huh? Oh, I'm great. Yeah. I'm what the kids call the cat's meow. <laughs> and that's your first stick that, that's, that's my, how you started that, that's everything it, that's, uh, that's the, it do you like stand up comedians it, it depends on the comedian
0: um, you know there are some that even my wife and I don't have like the same interest in stand up comedians I, I'm not it. I, I'm okay with riding the line of explicit content without actually crossing the line uh huh um I would prefer, I'm a big fan of a guy like Jim Gaffigan. I guess it's all about, it's about pacing and it's about delivery. You know, you can have the most well-written stuff, but if you don't present it in a way that's funny or entertaining, then that, that loses me. It's more about how they say it more
2: than what they say, if that makes sense. Do, do is timing the big key you've been up on stage i mean what is it what, what, what is the thing that you know is it understanding this is the perfect time for this metaphorical joke that i'm going to tell or is it what i
0: i think it's all about finding that natural inflection and when to deliver the punchline and, and when you want to you know when you have to pull back and when you've when you can go from one joke to another and and make that transition work so it's it's a lot of repetition. It's a lot of, you know, just trying to hone your craft and hone your skill. Uh, but yeah, to, to me, it's all about delivery timing. And that's one of those things that to me, Maxie, either you have it or you don't. And some people can never get the feel for it. Whereas others, you can tell they're a natural right away.
2: Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. you um, are. I mean, I, I, I get the veiled compliment to me. Um, I was uh, I had Bob Newhart on a couple of years ago, and and Bob, you know, I'm sure he did stand up comedy. Most of those guys did, but uh, it was his shows that I loved. You know, and and he said it's hard to explain, but it's the wait an extra eighth of a beat here. Go fast there, go slow there. Mm-hmm. On, on a script, it would, the script would look the same to everybody, but it's that understanding when to pause, it's when the to tempo move on. And the when to, yep, that the audience you've now got engaged. That at this point in time, if I just stop, they'll laugh. You know those kinds of things. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's exactly it. And, and you know, I don't like going to watch comedians where they'll sit there and it's that awkward silence and it's the awkward silence like they're waiting for a reaction you know there are some people that make it awkward like andy kaufman did a great job of making people uncomfortable there's Mm -hmm. one thing to be uncomfortable with the silence but there's something else to just be pandering for attention and when it gets into that you're like uh you know the the laughs everything to me max you talk about that spontaneity it's got to be organic you know it's it's got to be real I, i don't like Overproduced, or you know, I, I like when things are a little bit more raw because it just seems like it's it's more natural that way.
2: The other thing that I don't like in a stand-up comedian, you know, when, when you when you go see them on stage, not on TV so much, I guess at HBO it wouldn't matter, is is when they they go for the foul language and the, and the most awful either dirty joke or yeah. grotesque story. And to me that's like saying, "Okay, you weren't clever enough to figure out how to make mm-hmm. me laugh within the lines of a PG program, you know?" Yeah. I, so, I, so you yeah. couldn't figure that out, so now you're just going to try to give me the shock value like, "Hey, I'm I'm one daring dude, man. I I you know, I'm not afraid to talk about anything, put it in your face, you know?"
0: Yeah, and you know, there there are times where if you throw a word in here and there if it makes sense within the context of the joke, I mean I'm not somebody who's going to be easily offended by language. I I mean we you know, you know, I mean we we've heard it all, especially in the sports world, especially
2: during the commercial break. Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh man, you would not believe. Uh, I mean, thankfully there's uh, not an yeah. open mic. I mean, yeah. my goodness. Uh but yeah, there are some people that use it as a crutch and when you use it as a crutch, um, you know, Louis CK perfect example. Uh we went to see his stand up and I was like within like 5 minutes, 10 minutes, I'm like I I can't I can't do this, but you wouldn't get that. And this is all before all of the, the the creepiness of him came out. I mean, this is like fifteen years ago. Okay, my wife and I went to see him, and, and I was like, mm, it just it, it, I lost respect for him just based off of his material.
2: Yep, and, and I just. Yeah, I think it's low hanging fruit, Maxie. I, yeah, that's what I, I think. Do. I think that's what you do when you don't have the talent to really get inside somebody's head and figure out not how to make them laugh. That. Like not not everybody. Again, if you throw it in once in a while, that that's
0: fine. A guy like Jim Gaffigan, completely clean, and it's great stuff.
2: So that means he's got to think about it. He's got he's got to reach you. He's got to figure out, you know, what was funny that he saw when he drove to work today that you too have experienced and think is funny. I mean, that takes some thought, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, I go to pump gas and, and you know, I won't take my credit card or there's six things that I have to go through before I can pump the gas. And somehow they take that thing that we all relate to and they turn it into something funny.
0: And that's that's an art for a lot of those people.
2: Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome, Maxie. You, you thought that it was just easy for me, but I think about that stuff and that's why I can do it. You work at your craft. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this duck walks, waddles into the bar. He jumps up on his stool. He says, give me some chapstick and put it on my bill. Back after this.
1: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today cox always building better cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection speeds vary and are not guaranteed cox terms and other restrictions may apply analysis by Eucalyptus, speed test intelligence data fixed median download speeds usq3 2023 old man winter here if i had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex <laughs> heaven wait is it getting warm in here
2: your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived